Hi everyone and welcome to episode 44 of the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm Dan Jackson and today I am giving you five ways you can help your students move new ideas from their working memory into their long-term memory. Now, our brain has three systems of memory. There is our sensory system, which is what we can see, touch, smell, taste, etc. That tends to be very short, lasts a couple of seconds. We then have our working memory, which is the one we tend to think of most when we're doing new learning and as educators, it's where we tend to spend most of our time. Now, your working memory can really hold anywhere between four and eight different items at once, depending on how experienced you are. So if you're new to the content, probably four items. If you're an expert in it, you can handle up to eight items at once. Uh, but you're doing this for 5 to 20 seconds and then you're kind of refreshing it quite frequently as you're doing that. And then there's your long-term memory, which has a limitless capacity and it's where you know, you're recalling all that great information that you learnt when you were back in school. Right? That's where it's coming from. So one of the big major reasons why people forget stuff is actually because they failed to learn it in the first place. Now, that is straight from Hattie and Yates's book, Visible Learning and the Science of How We Learn. Okay, so Gregory Yates is the, you know, he's the psychologist that's talking all about how people learn. And he says basically that if you didn't learn it the first time, that's why you forgot. Because what we're going to talk to you about today is actually these five strategies, you, you've got to implement them at the point of their first exposure. You can do it at their second and third exposure as well, but if you use any of these at the first exposure, it's going to massively increase the transition of the ideas and the content and the knowledge and the skills from the working memory into that long-term memory so that your students can really be successful. Okay, so... These all are meant to be applied at that point of initial exposure because you want to learn it the first time. You don't want to have to constantly relearn stuff. Now, like I mentioned earlier, if you're an expert, right, you can handle more ideas, and that basically means as well that the more knowledge you have, the easier it is to learn. Okay, so remember that we as teachers are masters, right? But that makes it easy for us to learn more, right, about our content. So as a PDHP teacher, when I go and look at PDHP stuff, I know a lot. And so I have a lot of things that I can actually use to connect new information to, to continue to build my understanding and my structure of how that's all connected and works that sits in my head. Because I've got so much there, it's easy to add more and more to it, okay? And so that's why... I need to remember that my students are not masters when they come into my class. They're novices. They can't handle that much and they learn slower. Okay, and we have to remember that as we're teaching them. Now, long-term memory requires efficient coding. So we need to categorize, we need to connect, we need to link things together. So coding that information and it needs to be easily accessed. So one of the things I'm going to talk about uh, that I often talk about actually is for students to use flashcards. Now, this is not because I'm after them to do rote learning. What I like flashcards for is because it forces them to recall the information. And once you're practicing that recall, it makes it easier to access the information 
to access access the information okay so long-term memory requires efficient coding and easy access and that's what we need to build so it is easier to shift from working to long-term if the content has meaning so if it is linked to the student's real world and also if it relates to prior knowledge okay now that prior knowledge could be specific to the content you're learning and building on something they already know but it can just be general knowledge that they have so it could be connecting what you're teaching them to anything else that's just in normal life uh, that has a even a some kind of clear connection i don't want a vague connection that makes it hard to learn but if there's a clear connection to something in life or a clear model or a clear illustration that can be used to help remember it then it's going to work really well and that's why you know giving people analogies and giving people stories is so good at helping them to learn stuff because it's developing that prior knowledge it's helping to create meaning and it's also uh, encoding and making that whole storing of the new content easier now i'm going to tell you straight up as well here that the number one right the biggest predictor of what you can learn is what you already know i'll say it again what you already know is the biggest predictor of what you can learn and that is because you need to attach stuff to prior knowledge you need to make these connections you need to categorize things if you don't know the category even yet it makes it hard to learn right so the more you know the easier it is to learn and the biggest predictor of what you can learn is what you already know so really important that whole prior knowledge thing well let's get into our five strategies i'm going to give you during this episode so strategy number one is to chunk your information together so that's grouping your related ideas as you present them to your students our brains like ideas to be ordered and structured it needs to be efficient and coded right so ordering the information structuring it categorizing it all those types of things is what this is about it's about chunking the information together so bringing similar or related ideas together as they are presented helps the students to store it in their long-term memory so think of anything that you're covering right looking at your syllabus or whatever you have to, to look at to determine what you're teaching your students right in new south wales it's the syllabus so if you're looking at your syllabus see if you can identify things that are actually connected and relate to each other and so one thing that i often talk about in my subject area where i'm um, an expert right is when i look at the different types of training and the energy systems you know, there's an aerobic energy system and there's an aerobic type of training and they are connected right and so when i present that if i can chunk those together and present them to the students that is fantastic right that is a way of connecting and structuring the content putting in this little category of aerobic right so aerobic energy systems aerobic training aerobic physiological adaptations all that kind of stuff i can put together for, your, for my students as they're learning and that will help them to put it into their long-term memory the second strategy is rehearsal and rehearsal is about repeating things refreshing the content and reciting it okay now that sounds a lot like um, 
rote learning where you're constantly just droning over and over stuff, but that's not what this means, right? So you've got to go over the ideas. So we are providing opportunities to apply it for students to check their own work against marking criteria or against textbooks and stuff to check that they actually have done well in their application for them to actually use their summaries. Don't just write a summary and stick it in their book. I want them to use it to create a flashcard as their summary and then go over it and use it and learn it, okay, so that they can actually recall it and access it easier by doing this rehearsal. And if you can even link that rehearsal to music or something that they already know, something they're familiar with, that's great, right? That's why we remember lyrics to songs so easily is actually because it's connected to music and we like the music and it gives it a flow and it's something we get used to. Strategy number three is imagery. So here, this is not just about showing an image. No, you can obviously show an image and it's really good, particularly if that image kind of summarizes or brings stuff together, like a timeline of events or when you have one thing flowing onto the next, like a flowchart, those types of images are fantastic. But it's not just that, right? Imagery is also about visualizations and it can be as basic as having the students visualize, like close your eyes and just visualize the numbers on the wall or visualize the words being written there, okay? And that will help them to shift what they're learning into long-term memory. It's why we like infographics so much because there's the information and there's also images and content and that's bringing it together into a nice neat summary that's beautiful is really good for your brain. And it's also probably categorizing things for you as well, encoding and making it efficient for you. Now, another strategy that links to imagery about this whole visualization thing is a thing called visual walks. Now, visual walks are actually used by heaps of the memory experts around, right? So there's a really great TED talk on this by Joshua Fuller. Uh, it was, I will put that into the show notes so you can watch that TED talk at teacherspd.net slash 44. You can go and have a look at Joshua's TED talk. It is fantastic. All about how he, as not a genius, went and started applying these kinds of strategies and then was we started winning memory competitions. You know, those competitions with them memorizing card decks really super quick. That's the kind of stuff that they used are these visual walks. And it's basically just closing your eyes and walking through your house. And as you walk in, you know, what do you see in front of you and connecting information to that and connecting information to each room. And you might need seven or 14 different items that you're looking at that are big items in your house that you won't forget because you see them all the time. But then when you go in and you do this visualization walk, and you're like, all right, so the, house, the car has whatever in it. It's got all those buns and stuff in it, which... We'll get to in a sec that remind me that it's a red car, right? So the fourth one is mnemonics. So mnemonics are memory device. They're pretty much any memory device, right? We generally use them to refer to, or the, we use the term to refer to um, any kind of word that then has multiple words coming off of it, right? So that's what we most often think of. So an example of that is crime, which is basically the five strategies I'm talking about here. So there's your chunking, your rehearsal, your imagery, your mnemonics, and elaboration, which we're going to do next. But that's an example of a mnemonic, right? An easier way to remember that content, and then you should be able to draw more out of each of those as well. Strategy five 
our last one, elaboration. Now this is when you add meaning that clarifies the relationship between information to be learned and related information. So that's normally related information that's in the student's context or that's their prior knowledge, right? And so you can see how this is already helping them with their learning and making that transfer from working into long-term memory, okay? So if you connect into your learner's prior knowledge and their experiences, it's gonna have a big impact on their ability to learn. So we can use input information as triggers to recall knowledge as well, such as the PEG system. So the PEG system is basically where you memorize a bunch of words and then you link those words with the new information. So you have this system that you've kind of memorized and then you're gonna attach things to that. Uh, this is also a type of mnemonic technically. Uh, it's really easy to do by using rhyming words and stuff. So my example that I give you is uh, if you memorize these three kind of rhyming things, so one bun, two shoe and three tree, right? So one bun, two shoe, three tree. And now I want you to try and remember a red car, Nigerian dwarf, goats and beans. Okay, and you need to remember them in that order. Okay, so to help with this, I'm gonna take my one buns and attach that to my red car. So my red car is full of buns, all right? You're waiting to see where that comment I made earlier is going to link in. So my red car is full of buns, one bun, red car that's full of buns. Two shoe, now my Nigerian dwarf goats are going to be wearing shoes. Okay, so my Nigerian dwarf goats wearing shoes, two shoes. Okay, and then three tree, and that's beans. So I'm going to have a tree that's growing beans. Right, so now I'm trying to remember these in order, right? One bun, my red car full of buns. Two shoe, my Nigerian dwarfs wearing shoes and three tree, my tree that's covered in beans. Okay, and see if you can remember that in you know, 20 minutes time, maybe when you go to school, pick someone that you're walking around that you normally chat to and you go, okay, I'm gonna to talk to them about red cars, Nigerian dwarfs and beans. Okay, my one bun, two shoe, three trees. Okay, so this week, what I want you to do is to pick one of those five strategies. I want you to chunk stuff together, group it, find those related ideas and stick them together and present them together so that your students can code it easier and stick it into their long-term memory easier. Put in some rehearsal, get them to repeat stuff, to refresh or go over the content. Maybe even if it's right at the end of the lesson, just have them quickly revise it in some way. Get some kind of imagery. Maybe you can have a visualization for it or just have images that summarize or that can be connected really clearly with what they're learning, right? So if they're doing Darwin and the whole theory of evolution, maybe you'll have that big, huge picture of that beautiful bird with its beak. That'll help them to remember the association between Darwin and those birds. Next is mnemonics, right? Maybe you're gonna use some kind of uh, mnemonic to help your students to learn things. You know, your prime is you want to remember these, your chunking, rehearsal, imagery, mnemonics, and then elaboration, which is all about adding meaning and connecting those dots for your students and using input triggers such as those recall knowledge, that peg words, that kind of stuff. So they're your five strategies. I want you to pick one. I want you to implement it today or at least this week and see how it goes. Check with your students next week or the week after and see if they can still remember the stuff where you've used one of these strategies and then go to teacherspd.com 
www.thinkandgrowthpodcast.net slash 44 and leave a comment and let me know if it worked for you. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to see the video for this episode or check out anything mentioned during the episode, such as that TED Talk, head over to teacherspd.net slash 44. I would love for you to let me know what you use and how it goes in your classroom by leaving a comment. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you could leave me a review. It would mean the world to me. And if you haven't subscribed, you should do that now as well. Chat to you next week.